0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us today. As promised, a pretty cool show for you today. We are talking about the Buddha. Awesome, awesome topic. Uh, Last time we talked about Jesus, and that was a really cool topic. But now, who was the embodiment of what enlightenment is, and Buddha is going to show us how to get there. And we're going to break this topic down into a few different sections. First, we're going to go through the history of Buddha, how it started out, where, where he came from. And he started out, Buddha, or uh, born as Siddhartha, was born a prince. And I guess what amounts to be a psychic medium or a medium came to his father and said he's either going to be a great king, or a great religious figure. Obviously turned out to be the latter. So what happened was his father, Siddhar's father, kept him, and mother, kept him in this compound because he was obviously a prince and his father was royalty. They kept them in this compound, a large one, um, as they were royalty. They kept them in this large compound. So he was really... He was really excluded from a lot of poverty that was surrounding the compound that he lived in. And one day, Siddharth left, Siddhartha left the compound and followed, I guess, this calling that he felt and then set out on this journey. Now, it's my understanding that he was actually meant to get married, and even had a child. Um, I've read that, but there are multiple stories, so do some research. But I believe he had a child and was married and left them. At least there are other readings. I don't know if people are trying to hide that aspect of it all or what, but he left. This all took place before Christ Uh, About 2,500 years ago, and a lot of the information that I got was from the History, uh, not the History Channel, but History.com. There are a few aspects of the Buddha that are pretty interesting. One, the Buddha, Buddha, the name, means uh, enlightened, and uh, Buddha himself achieved enlightenment after 6 years now during this 6 year uh, path of seeking enlightenment he went through he went through a lot a lot of a lot of suffering he got to the point where he was eating run one grain of rice a day all in the all with the idea of seeking truth and wisdom understanding and enlightenment And he understood after some time that starving yourself is not is not the way is not the way of enlightenment, that that was not going to get you there. And actually, to add to that story, after he found enlightenment, he actually understood that uh, there was a woman who offered him a ball of rice for his teaching, and it was... At that moment, that he understood the need for food and the importance of it, so he actually accepted the food, and that's where that's where that's where a lot of people get the notion of this give and take and how important it is. And that's true; it is important. We do need to give and take, and it doesn't have to be of money. There are other aspects of food and things that we can give each other, and. And to sustain life and each other. Doesn't have to be monetary in in nature. So with that being said. And I don't want to get into the religious aspects of Buddhism. Um, it's a beautiful religion. But that's not what we are talking about here. We are coming from an ascension aspect of spirituality. And and from that aspect, Buddha himself teaches us a, a lot. And that's really what we want to focus on here in this in this podcast. And as there are four there are teachings that Buddha uh, began to do as he uh, went throughout his, or as he developed the religion of Buddhism. Um, and one thing I don't know. Is if he actually c- created the religion, or if he just gave the teachings and people then gave it the word uh, Buddhism as a religion and created that religious aspect of it? I I have yet to determine that. So in all the readings that I've done about Buddha, um, that's one aspect that I. That I don't know yet. Um, I do know that he he did he did uh, acquire a number uh, thousands and thousands of followers as he as he uh, you know as he found enlightenment. And basically, what happened was throughout his journey of six years, he he interacted with different different spiritual teachers. He would go to different people. So he would go to meditators. He would go to uh, religious teachers. And he would learn a little from each one. And then he would notice different things about them. uh, And then he would leave. And he would take from them what he felt, you know, in his heart, as we all discuss here in this this podcast. To trust your intuitive feelings, because that's where they're coming from. He would take a little bit from them all, and then he would build upon that from all of them. And from that, he developed these basic, um, what they call four noble truths. And that is the basic understanding of, uh, or the the basic principles, I will say, of Buddhism. But again, we're not talking about the religion. We are talking about um, the person and how to achieve... The Enlightenment and the Ascension aspects, and that's where things are important here. These four noble truths are important because they are at the heart of of all beings. These these four noble truths they are important. So, the first um, noble truth, the first noble truth is that there is there is suffering and constant dissatisfaction uh within within everyone and when you look around now he buddha described that somewhat differently in his initial so buddha says that he he buddha described suffering in everything he says there's Suffering in in the birth, they're suffering in aging, sickness, death, sorrow, and pain, grief, despair. Suffering is associated with everything. Even in aspects of love, um, there is suffering, like the loss of a loved one. Um, not to get what uh, that there is suffering in not getting what you want, clinging to objects, stuff like that. So. In every aspect of, um, of life, there is suffering for humankind. And when you think about that, that's absolutely true. Um, unfortunate, but true. And so much of what we channel on this podcast always talks about finding the light in spite of the suffering and it's all about your perspective right obviously to the, the 12 universal laws and but the second um noble truth here is suffering is caused by your our desires and our attachment to these desires so if there is suffering in everything then um, what, 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 what actually causes that suffer is our attachment to it. So think about it. They're suffering in love. All right. If we are attached to somebody and then we lose them, we suffer because we feel like we did lose them. And, Depending on our perspective, we lost them in a the physical form, but in the spiritual sense, they're still with us, and we still receive their, their energetic form uh, routinely. But what Buddha is saying is, in the physical form, so many of us today are attached to that physical form, and we can't get past that, and that causes suffering. Here's another example. We suffer because people don't act the way that we want them to act. So we have attachments to how people act. And here's a case in point. We had that uh, one woman who was in the park with her dog who didn't didn't have her dog on the leash. And a a gentleman approached her and then she called the cops and and, uh, started to bring race into it and said, Oh, there was a there was a black man that was um harassing me or threatening my life in the park. Well both parties there were attaching attaching uh to desires. The gentleman who was attaching his desire of, hey, you should have your dog on a leash because that's what this park dictates or mandates. So he had an attachment to the, do- to the desire of having that dog on a leash. Now, was the dog bothering anybody? I mean, not that we know of, not that it's come out, no. And then the woman had an attachment to the desire of him minding his own business or um, not being recorded. Um, there were multiple aspects of her that, that she was attached to. and But because both of them, were attached to desires that were not of themselves but actually attached to to the um direct actions of somebody else they suffered and this suffer this suffering caused hurt and pain in in both parties in both aspects of these individuals the woman ended up losing her job because she was she was bringing race into it Um, which was so unfortunate that she did that and, but in, and, 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 and so unfortunate that the guy, you know, didn't mind his own business and so unfortunate that she didn't uh, follow the rules. Um, but, but either way, the point is that there was suffering because people weren't, were attached to the outcomes or, or to the actions of other people. And they suffered because people weren't, weren't abiding by these actions that they had attachments to. So do you understand the point here? Now, what I would encourage you to do is to look within. What are you attached to? Are you attached to... Do you have attachments to food? Do you have attachments to... I do. I have attachments to sugar. I love sweets. <laughs> I, I do. I love them. Um... Are, are Do you have attachments to uh, drugs or alcohol or do you have attachments to um, do you have attachments to how people behave? Politics are another one that are so huge. When you look at political figures, people, these political figures are it's like looking into the the, the playground of a fifth grade class. These all they do is talk about each other they, oh, this one did that. This one did this. Oh, well, I'm going to do that this, this to get over on that one. And we, we get sucked into this. And it's unfortunate because we look at their age and we think, oh, it's okay because they're, you know, 50 and 60 years old. When in reality, we need to step back and look at, okay, their age might indicate that they are might We might think they're of a certain level of maturity, but in reality, are they? Their actions are indicating something much different. And and we are all attaching to they're wrong because they don't think the way that I think. And they're wrong because, or, or we're wrong because we don't think the way that they think. And there is definitely suffering there. And that is so unfortunate. But in all of this, we go back to the first lesson of Buddha and that the first, four, first of four of the noble truth in that there is always suffering. There's always suffering. And what we need to take from that is that you're not going to change it. You're, you're, you are not going to change somebody else. And we cannot focus... On changing somebody else. What we need to begin to focus on. Is changing yourself. And only yourself. And when we can begin. To draw within. Then you're going to begin. To find peace. And this brings us. To noble for, uh, noble truth number three. I'm sorry. I'm holding up four. And I'm, th- I'm saying three. And the noble truth number three tells us that we can transcend these sufferings by removing the desires and letting go. So if if the desires, if there's always suffering and dissatisfaction and suffering and dissatisfaction are caused by our attachments to desires, then we must let them go in order to no longer suffer. Let go of the need to attempt to control or let go of the need to have somebody believe what we believe or let go of the need to Here, Here's a really good one. Let go of the need to feel like you need to be at a certain point. So, Here's one that I get a lot. So as we are ascending, as we, as all the listeners of this podcast are, um, and all souls are trying to, as we are ascending, we are trying to attain a certain level of enlightenment, right? We're all, a try, we're all trying to attain that. Well, what we need to be cognizant of during that time is how much are we attached to that desire of enlightenment? Is that attachment to that desire causing suffering within us? Are we becoming, um, are we becoming not narcissistic but uh, condescending towards others? Hey, you're not where I am, so you're not you're not good enough or you're not you're not doing what I'm doing so you don't deserve what I'm doing or you're not where I am so I'm I'm you know you're not where I you get where I'm going where that with this <clears throat> it is we really really need to go within and begin to really take a look do a true self-introspection and introspection and really be one with ourselves, really analyze ourselves. What are we holding on to that is causing suffering within us? Am I so concerned with the end goal of finding enlightenment that I am not happy at the present moment? Am I so concerned with achieving my third eye being open that I am not happy at the present moment because I can't see every spirit that walks by my third eye? Am I not happy or am I so attached to the need to get every single message at every moment that I'm not happy right now because I missed something? Well then, you, my friends, are not or are too attached to these desires. And we need to let go. We need to find or transcend and these desires. And let go. And that's what being in the moment is. And Buddha's Buddha's primary way of, of doing all of this was meditation. And we're going to get to that. But that number three of transcending suffering by removing these desires is basically letting go. But in order to let go, you need to go within and figure out, begin to really deep dive into who you are and what is driving you. What desires do you have that are really pushing you in your direction? are they noble are they <clears throat> are they good are they of the light are they of the ego mind and and am i happy being in the moment do i need to hear he, pe- some people are like okay i need to i need to pay off my house to so that i can begin to travel around the country or the world and and that's, man, I'm going to be so happy when I can do that. Why do you have to wait? Why do you have to live for tomorrow when you can be happy now? Are you too attached to that desire of tomorrow? Ask yourself these questions. Are you in a job right now Because you're making a certain amount of money, and 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 trying to obtain or sustain a certain lifestyle, but in reality you're not really happy. I mean that is living. I mean we have we've talked about this before, where society has put these we shedding these lifetimes of societal and family. Um, mindsets, shedding them, where we think we have to do certain things in order to live certain lifestyles or be around certain people, including family, when we don't. And that's part of the suffering. Like, if, you know, do I, I love family, you know, even though I struggle, I love family very much, but I struggle with them. And I have a strong desire to be around family. But is that desire to be around family worth my happiness? Is that desire worth the suffering that I have felt when I'm around certain members of my family? I've come to the point that the realization that it is not. And therefore, I no longer choose to indulge. To be around these people. Some of them. And therefore I let go. So I've done that self introspection. I've done the letting go. I've removed myself. And therefore I'm happier. I have now taken back my own power. My own control. I don't feel the need to live a certain lifestyle. Simply because somebody else feels the need. Or feels like I should. You know what I mean? Which takes us to number four. The fourth noble truth is to move through the first three noble truths in what Buddha calls an eightfold path. And the eightfold path is to have the right view, the right intention, the right speech, The right action, the right livelihood, the right effort, the right mindfulness, and the right concentration. Excellence is a habit, is what the Buddha teaches us. Excellence is a habit. Important information here, ladies and gentlemen. And what did we start out here by saying? Buddha was a meditation teacher. He taught us how to meditate. One of Buddha's um, ways in which he taught people how to navigate these noble truths and how to be and to be, how to be of this eightfold path was. To be one and still with the breath. He was huge with the breath. And what one of the techniques that he was and mastered was sitting with your desires. So as you have a desire, say for instance, you, me, oh no, say, yes, hey, say for instance, you. I, I have a need. I have a desire to eat sugar. <laughs> I like cake. I like sweets. I have a sweet tooth. It doesn't stop. Um I have so what what Buddha would his teachings would tell you to when you have the des, these desires to don't do not act when you feel them. But rather to sit with them. Spend time with it. Don't fight it. Just sit with it, feel it, notice it. What is it trying to do? What it, What does it, how does it want you to act? And then begin to investigate it internally. And investigate it internally by simply asking it questions. Okay, noticing the energy that's moving within your body. And trying to... Actually, really not trying to do anything, just letting it be. Allowing that energy to run its course and not actually allowing that energy to move you. Such, so, so powerful. So if you have a desire to, um, let's just say, open up your third eye and you are like constantly working and working and working and you're you're just or you own a business and every day you're oh my gosh if i if i just put on the right music or if i just hang up the right picture or if i put up the right color you know and every day you're working 12 hour days and and 70 hour weeks but you're really you're not sustaining like you're actually life. Your life, you know. You're so concerned. You're so attached to the happiness of others, or so you're so attached to the ambiance of the the office space that you're not actually happy. Then there's an issue here. There's something that needs to be addressed internally, because. Number one always tells us there's always suffering. Something is always, always suffering. Doesn't matter how much you do. Someone, something is always suffering. Nothing you do will ever stop that. And you have to find peace there. Quickly. Because so many of us want to save the world. We want to bring peace to it. And that is a beautiful concept. What I'm saying, though, is don't attach yourself to the idea that there isn't peace out there. Because we don't control that. Control your mindset that that we can't control that. And find peace in that we can't control that. And accept people for who they are, regardless. There are so many instances out there, even right now. And I'll tell you, okay, that that cop that kneeled on um, George Floyd's neck, woo, yikes, man, that was. I cannot bring myself to watch that video. I've yet to watch the video, and I refuse to watch the video. But what does that 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 right there is Buddha's number one teaching. There is suffering. Okay. Two suffering is caused my my desire there would be my desire there would be that I wish police officers would police themselves. That's what I wish. I really do. But I have to back myself up from that and and let go. Of that desire so that I can find my own happiness. So that I can be peaceful. Because I can't control that at all. And then I need to go back within and be of my right mind, my right intention, my right speech, my right action, my right livelihood, my right effort, my right mindfulness, my right concentration. Do you guys see where we're going here? Do you see Buddhist teachings here? How they're working? And this all falls in line with energy. I mean, it's all, it's, th- these are the, uh, if you, if you look at this, the uh, 12 universal laws of energy are at play here for sure, you know? And it just, we cannot control. Here's another aspect. Every morning we wake up, we put on our makeup and we or we and we put on our clothes with a certain style what is what are we trying to accomplish there you know with the style with the makeup with the hairdo you know i gel my hair i put on cologne i'll wear particular clothes i'll wear particular brands but what am i attempting there am i am i attached to the desire of other people thinking I look good. I want to look good, but do I want to look good for other people? Or, or is there another reason? What, what's going on there? Yeah, you know, it's something I need to deep dive into. And again, it's just more of the going within and, and shedding of these different aspects of ourselves as we go along. And the Buddha helps with all of this. Again, the Buddha is showing us how to get there. And the meditation is how he did this. He was the master of his own energy. He was the master of his own mind. And he did it through meditating. Through quieting the mind and sitting with his desires. Through noticing what his desires were attempting to get him to do and attempting to get him to go in what direction they were attempting to get him to go. And then him deciding was that a noble reason was that um, somewhere he actually should be going because I will tell you there are some desires that that are helpful. Um. The desire to help people is an extremely noble and very good desire to have. Now, what I will tell you is the attachment to, say, for instance, say, for instance, I want to I want to be a doctor and I get into a car accident and I no longer um, I become paraplegic and I cannot become a doctor. And my entire life, I now feel, is completely ruined. My desire then was too hell-bent on that my desire of being a doctor and my happiness was too attached to that, to that, to that desire. And that is where things can go wrong. So... We can have these desires to help and to be of service, and that is a beautiful thing and encouraged because we do want to be of service and we do want to be helpful. But what we don't want to do is hold on too tightly to them that if they, we don't get them when we, when, when we think we should or in this lifetime that we think we are failed ha- or we're not happy until we get them. We, we want to be happy where we are right now, regardless whether or not we achieve the goal. So I want to open my third eye, and I have been attempting to open up my third eye for forever. I'm still not at the point where I'm seeing spirits walk by at any given moment, but I'm completely content with where I am. I'm happy with where I am. And I hope that you guys can find that peace as well. So a couple key points here. You guys know the four noble truths? Yes. You guys know that fourth noble truth and the eightfold path of the rights, right? The view, intention, speech, livelihood, action, effort, mindfulness, concentration, right? Extremely important. How to achieve them, though is really the most important thing. And that is through the meditation. The aspects of sitting with your mind. Sitting with not allowing this random thought or these repeated thoughts to just drive you. Sit with them and find out where they are coming from. Are they coming from the heart? Are they coming from above? Or are they coming from the ego mind? You know, my desire for sugar sugar is definitely not coming from my heart. <laughs> it's definitely coming from up here. Definitely something I need to sit with. And I know that's coming. <clears throat> I know this. So hopefully you guys have gotten something from this. But please understand that all these religious ass all these religious figures out there. Buddha, Jesus, uh, um, Muhammad, so many other of them out there are figures that have aspects of good. And we can learn from all of them. But we cannot control other people. So go within and control what you can about yourself. And do not hold on to other people's actions and allow that to begin to bring you down. It's a difficult thing. I get it. Look within yourself. Self-introspections. What can you do to better only you? What can you do about your own mind to raise? Your vibrations. To be the best version of yourself and only you. What are the different aspects and desires that you hold that you can begin to change and detach from let go as the buddha teaches us buddha is awesome jesus is awesome i mean these these people like god has given us gifts on this plane that like these are aspects of love that we don't hold on to enough and we really really Well, I am. (laughs) I'm going to. Hopefully you guys do too. But I'm going to let go of what you guys do. And I'm going to, (laughs) as the Buddha teaches us. And I'm going to try to, you know, hold on to what I, you know, what they teach us. and, And really hold on to that truthfully. Because their teachings are so beautiful. And I do appreciate them so much. With that, um... I will take a few moments and channel for you guys. And I appreciate the allowance of uh, and your participation or not participation, but the uh, your presence here today. Thank you. Um, Okay, I can hear them now. Enoch's there. My friend, children beautiful it is to be in your presence once again. We are present with you here today. Enoch speaking. Buddha, my children, is a blessed being Ascendant Master that is actually with us here, Buddha speaking. Yes, Buddha speaking. My children, I am with you all. Overlooking this realm, assisting many of you that aren't even aware with the opportunities of presence of mind often to assist with the presence of mind that you are all attempting to acquire. Please understand that peace is required during these peace of mind acquisitional times. It is no longer needed to be frustrated when the mind leaves the center point of focus. It is a matter of peace that we encourage all. For we notice the mind leave the center, and we encourage this to be okay. For it is time and practice that is required for the mind to be one with noticement. This is an aspect of my teachings. My children, your mind is one that needs to be taught, if you will, trained, if you will. As you have been birthed on this plane, and it is a teaching of mind that this is also suffering, it is an aspect of the mind that must be trained as suffering. As you begin to work with the mind... You begin to understand its inner workings. Its desire to take you away from your focus, from your center. It is this desire of the mind that causes the suffering, the frustration that you feel. From the desire to detach, from the focal point, center. This, my friends, we encourage you to no longer feel. Detach from the frustration. Let go. Be one with the release from center. But then return to your center, to your focal point. For we are one with this center, my friends, my children. Please understand that this is where we reside, in the heart space center. But there is no need for you, my children, to feel the frustrations of the mind and the desires to control it. Let go of the desire of the frustration and find peace in the simple act of returning to its focal point. For we are here. And as the result of time and training, you will begin to notice the better off you will be, the more peace you will find. And this is an aspect of my teachings, my friends, my children. Be at one and peace with your mind. There is no separation, my children, between the mind and the human body. What there is, though, is great understanding that is needed on how it works. And this is what we encourage when we say to sit with it, to notice its movements, to flow not with it, but to notice its movements, and then return it back to where it is centered, where our presence lies. And in that moment, you will find peace. It is in the resistance, the struggle, that you will find hardships. It is in the desire to control the mind that you will find misleadings. You do not control the mind, my children, necessarily. You navigate the mind. You manage the mind. The mind's thoughts will always pop up. Unintentionally. Without your desire. Without your knowing. This is inevitable. But what is true. Is that when. The noticement of these thoughts occurs. This is where the control comes in. This is the power that. The humans possess this is where the mind the human mind can begin to control its ability to regain its focus for once the noticement of the thought comes in you can begin to acknowledge and accept the thought or return to center The choice is yours, my children. We encourage a deep dive, though, to use Christopher's terminology into the thoughts and the feelings. For the thoughts and the feelings must be one in order for the true guidance of the intuitive mind to be felt, to be true. The intuition, the feeling. Accompanying with the thought, this is a possibility that is very close to enlightenment. The alignment of the feeling of the intuitive mind with the thoughts of the actual human mind, this, my friends, is where enlightenment is close to being obtained. For this is an aspect of opening up that has allowed for the ego mind to be cleared to a great degree. The intuitive mind has now seeped into the human mind. And please understand what we are saying here. The intuitive mind has now seeped into the ego mind wiping it away to a degree. Enlightenment wipes it away completely. Please understand what is being said here, my children. The ego mind wipes away when the intuitive mind seeps into the mind and becomes one. This is alignment. This is the embodiment of enlightenment. This is the full embodiment of the soul and human body as one. And we are grateful for this message. For Christopher has asked for my guidance directly prior to this podcast and was unaware of my presence and direction prior to me coming in. Although he has asked for me to come in, not during this podcast, but prior to, for guidance, I have chosen to step in at this time and offer direct guidance as the Buddha to you all. For my presence with you is true and real. And I am obliging his request at this time, for you all are beautiful souls And it is, I am, blessed to be one with you all at this time. Make no mistake about it, you are all growing in an enlightening way, my children, my friends. Be one with the notion, but find peace in your hearts. The suffering is not something that I would like for you to dwell upon. Please understand that. It is an aspect of life that we all must deal with, suffer with. But it is not something that we all must dwell upon. For it is not an aspect of happiness to dwell upon the suffering. It is something that we all must understand, yes. But it is within our own minds that we must dwell upon the happiness that is within the aspects of letting go of our desires that we will find happiness, true peace. And I encourage this. I thank you all, my children, very much for the opportunity to communicate with you and Christopher for the opportunity to communicate through you. It is my pleasure to be one with you today, all of you, not just Christopher. You are all my friends, and I am with you all. Be one as you go into this world. I understand the hardships that are in plaguing this dimensional realm at this time. But understand that there is love all around you. Hard to see, yes. But close your eyes and feel the aspects of love that are present. All over. They are there, I promise you. This is fact. We love you all very much and are grateful for your attendance here today as Enoch states. Thank you, always. Go in peace and love and be one with your mind. Be in awareness. An awareness of your mind. I love you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry I opened up my eyes there because... I felt like I was in another world. I really felt like I was floating... Thank you, Buddha. Before I came into this podcast, I was meditating and I asked Buddha to help me prep for this podcast. I was so excited for it. I really had no idea he was coming in. And thank you so much for doing that. And Enoch, thank you for allowing him to too as as well. I appreciate that. I wow. Wow. Thank you, guys. Hopefully you guys get something out of that as much as I did because that was amazing. And the feelings that I was getting while he was in there, I did not feel like I was in this. I had to open up my eyes because I did not feel like I was on this planet. I really feel like I was flying somewhere. It was amazing. Anyway, thank you so much. Enjoy your day. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you.